question my drive when I say that greatness has arrived. See, some strive to thrive, but most try to survive. I ain't happy with my nine to five. I ain't content living check to check. Welcome to Innovation Somalia. I am your host, Abdul Ali. I'm coming to you from Columbus, Ohio. I'm really excited. I have today Mohammed Orsame, who is As a poet, who is a writer. What gets you into poetry? Um, shoot, it's a long story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope go you don't mind. Go, like, go okay, for it. Go for so it. The origins. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I want to hear um, that. Um, so I came to America when I was about nine years old, okay. third grade. Um, that was like my coming to America moment, you know, like, the, you know, the Eddie Murphy movie, <laughs> Big Shot, Big World, America. Big and then America. as I got older, um, I remember something that was very important to me uh, growing up was hip hop. Okay. And so I was, uh, um, I appreciated hip hop a lot. Okay. The lyrical part of, okay. uh, part of the hip hop and partially, partially the culture as well, but really the lyrics, right? Okay. And um, I had a lot of appreciation for that. Uh-huh. And so I remember when I was really young, probably like seventh grade. Okay. Um, there was a group of kids. What made it more appreciable to you? It, it, the, the the way it rhymes. It the, so, okay. So rhyme, obviously, and then wordplay. So like rhyming things together was a very. And when I was when I was much younger, I was um, my learning style was more rhythmical. So if okay. there was a rhyme and rhythm to it, then I could learn it easier. And that's what the teachers like used in school for me as well. Okay. But um, in seventh grade, there was a group of kids. Like all of us, we really liked rapping. And we all would like rap battle each other in class and like at lunch and like. And I remember, um, me and this one other kid kind of had like this feud in school because of like, I thought I was the best rapper in school. He thought he was the best rapper in school. We would always just rap at each other, and we would have these battles literally at lunch every single day. And the the, the teachers would like you know sometimes come in and peek and like what are these kids doing but it was nothing malicious just us rapping right, back and forth right. and i remember something that happened that kind of made me break away from the from the hip-hop aspect of it so obviously as a kid that's rapping vocabulary is not very high there's a lot of curse words that come in that's right and so i remember um one day i like on the way to school um i wrote this um like the night before actually i wrote this real nice rap that i was gonna diss this guy and i put it in the pocket of my my khaki you know pants okay. for okay. school okay. the next morning okay. and be ready to go so that night my mom is going to go wash the clothes and she goes through and this paper <laughs> falls out paper falls out my mom picks it up she reads it she's like what is going on yeah who is, what is who this? is this guy <laughs> who is this rapper that's writing this what is happening here and my mom brings it to me she's like what is going on i'm like I, that's not me that's not me no she smacked totally, me upside totally my head. Ignore it. I mean, and that was and that was the end of like rap for me i didn't rap okay. again i didn't do anything that had to do with that anymore just because the fact that she asked you about or no the fact the f- that she asked me about it but you know like somali parents okay. if you're right. doing something wrong there's yeah. there's discipline and I got the discipline. You got, know you, I mean? so, got you. Got you. So she told me, hey, you know, you can't do this anymore. I didn't do it anymore. Okay. And then fast forward a couple years, my freshman year of college, um, I'm hanging out with a few friends and they're listening to me like rapping kind of some of the old stuff I used to write. Mm-hmm. And I thought, dude, you're really good. Like you should get into rapping. But I'm like, yo, I don't want to make music. I want to like get into poetry because I don't really want to make music. It's kind of haram, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of my friends, it took me to this place um, where people do open mic performances. That's I go right. down there, I perform, I kill it. I fall in love with the performance aspect of it. And ever since then, I've been kind of performing and 
and just getting bigger and bigger stages as as I've worked, alhamdulillah. You mentioned something that you said, uh, the haram part of mm. it, because it was the discipline or because of that you kind of sort of grew out of it that made you feel like, okay, hey, maybe I shouldn't go down this path? So it's it's both, okay. but more importantly, it's the way that my parents raised me around Dean and stuff like that. Okay, that was very like that took a um, a driver's seat kind of um, mm-hmm. in, in a driver's seat in, into my life, and you know my lens of looking at everything up in, at, at that point in time, and even now, alhamdulillah, is that I look at it through what's allowed in Islam and what's not allowed mm-hmm. in Islam. So, like becoming a rapper, I was thinking about it. You know, if I'm making music. That's, you know, the income is haram, like, I'm, I'm you know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm making music, I'm rapping, probably not. And and in order to be a good rapper, especially, like, we're looking at, like, 2015, 16, up until now, if you want to be a good, famous rapper, you have to be rapping about specific things. You can't, like, back in the day, you had conscious rappers, you had, like, you know, Tupac, and, and, and those kind of guys are just rapping about, you know, everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. But now you have to rap about, you know, drugs, killing people, women, all these things, and... It's not something that I want, you know, to be like my perception and or something that I want to talk about. And it's haram to Mashallah, I'm glad you see that it's because kinda, yeah. and, and, and thanks to your parents too. So yeah. because I, I think they kind of, alhamdulillah, I think they kind of showed you the light on, on that end. Yes. Uh, maybe the discipline did that a little bit, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> did. No, it's both. <laughs> it's both. Yeah. Uh, where did you go to high school? Um, so that's the thing. Um, when I went to high school, I went to a... I went to a home school. So, okay. So that was part of the discipline that my okay. parents were doing as well. Okay. They kept me at home. So I went to an online high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's where most of my high schooling was done. Like the most high school, like all the, all the four years? All four years. All four years. All four years. Oh, I wow. And, wow. Well, I did three years. I graduated okay. early, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's where high school happened. How did that change your perspective of studying? Because... You know, it, it might be a little bit challenging, some people yeah. say, and also at the same time, it might be a little bit easy because you're at home, you can do the work, you know, as you see it fit your yeah. time and all that. There's no, no pressure on it. Um, and Gee, the yeah. interacting aspect with social your, you know, yeah, yeah, social, exactly. Let's unpack it. Let's talk about let's, like, <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's unpack it. Let's talk about the, it's a the, lot the, to unpack, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the homework part of it. Okay. So if we're, if we're going to do schoolwork, yeah. Um, it was really, really easy, but also difficult between the ages of 14 to 16, 17, 18. Having your own self-discipline is really tough. And so that was something I definitely struggled with going to high school is like being you know, self-disciplined enough to actually do my work on time and all mm. this stuff. And I think it was due to the environment. I was at home. I was alone. I had to hold myself accountable. Certain things are required for you to do for your own sake, you know, your own success, these mm. kinds of things. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, it's a lot to unpack, like the social interaction mm-hmm. aspect of it. That wasn't so tough for me because I was already a very social, like open kind of kid. And the thing is, I would go to Duxi at the masjid. Oh. So I was seeing the kids. I was like, I was hanging out with them every weekend. <laughs> it wasn't like I was missing out on my social interaction in any way. I was just missing out on five days or four days of it because Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd see them at the masjid. So it was more beneficial for you. For me, for me as a child growing up, right. it definitely was. Yeah. But right. I was definitely very impressionable. Um, the environment around me, you know, peer pressure, all that stuff. And it's a very normal thing for kids to be impressionable. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And I was. I was very impressionable. And so mm-hmm. that helped me out making my own path in life. Because it takes a certain strength of character to tell the kids in Duxie that you don't go to high school. And yeah. that you don't hang out with them in these days. And that you don't, you know, experience the same things that they experience. Right, but right. still be able to, like, recognize what they're talking about and, and know what's going on. So it was a blessing, kind of. 
I'm glad now you can look back and connect the dots. It's difficult to connect the dots while you're in it. Yeah, oh, while hard. You're going very through. hard, very hard. I remember, I remember one time there was a little interaction that happened between me and my parents where uh-huh. I got, you know, teenage angst. Just, right, you know, right. I was really mad and I was yeah. like, you know, I'm, I suck at social interaction. I can't talk. To, I can't. You actually friends. said that. I I said that to them, but they're like, get this guy out of here. What are you talking about? Go go upstairs. Go social interact with your homework. You know, just like get out of here. And and I mean, I'm glad they had that reaction. Right. You know, to to, to what to, because right. I think it was a problem that I was making up in my head. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, re- yeah. my parents know me better than I knew myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. O- oftentimes, oftentimes those fighting things, it it's it's uh, things that happen in in people's head. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That they think it's really truly it's our you know like. Like that's how other people see you. Then quite, it's quite the opposite. They, you know, exactly. really, and um, so you went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you go to college? So um, I, I started off my college journey at Columbus State. Mm-hmm. Um, did two years there. Studied okay. there for a little bit. Um, I'm still in school. Okay. Um, but I did take some time off. So okay. you no, know, going to college it was like navigating like what I missed in high school mm. again now. So like, but at an older age. Where the stakes are higher, so if you make a mistake, you're like 19, 18 now. You, you feel can mess it much up, more than you done. You know what I mean? You feel it much more than you would have felt. Much more than you would have felt it when you were 15, 16. Absolutely. And so I had to move different. I had to like literally figure things out as I was going. Uh-huh. But alhamdulillah, it was, it was a very good like you know part of my life that uh, I'm thankful for. And um, you know, I, I I did you know go away from college mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, like pursue entrepreneurial and other uh, mm-hmm. endeavors that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, it was great for me. Um, now I'm back in school trying to, you know, get back and- What did you degree. want to do? Um, so, what did I, so- Entrepreneurship. <laughs> it's a lot, it's yeah. a lot of things Yeah, yeah, unpack. unpack, unpack. Um, but started off in college, I wanted to like go to psychology. Okay. Get in, get in school for psychology, probably become a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist. Okay. So things in, t- in, in that nature. In nature. Um, I wasn't able to do that. Um, because I saw like, yo, this is hard. I can't do it. I'm good. I'm leaving <laughs> it alone. Um, and you know, advice for anybody out there: um, you have to know what you're doing when you get into college. What made you? What made you is back out? On? Yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah, hey, yeah. That's on. Yeah. When you go to college, figure out what you're gonna do. Know what you're gonna be getting into. But that was something. So I backed out of it. I was like, yo, I can't. I don't know what I'm doing, and I okay. can't. You know, I can't keep messing. You know, my grades up, and I can't do mm. that. So let me just back up. And because of school, that kind of sort of. Is it because of the school and the work and the amount of work that it takes, or you actually got to experience what other profession, you know, in, in people that in that profession do. It was more. It was more the schoolwork. Okay. It was more the workload. It was more um, social interaction, balance, schoolwork, life balance, all those different things. And you can't work a full time job, have great social life, yeah, and go to school and be on top of your grades. Yeah. A few people can, that's great, but that not everybody can. And so that's why you have to kind of figure out who you are and stay in your lane in that regard, mm. right? And so for me, it was like when I went to school, I had to figure out, yo, who like, wh- what can I do and what can I be around? And then um, like, what exactly is it that I'm capable of right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where do I see myself? And also, how much work is involved? You know what I mean? That <laughs> was right. tough. Right. Um, I think like things go from zero to 100 like real quick, just like that. Yeah. Because you're in your first week, syllabus week, no work, everybody's chilling. Second week, you got two exams. And, and, and the thing is, so I, I know you probably all know this, mm-hmm. but like for those who don't know about college, it's like the, the first like two weeks are cool. 
And then afterwards you have all these assignments, but each class has its own amount of workload. So you might need three hours of study for this class, another three hours, another. You have, you're taking four or five classes. Your your, <laughs> your time is done. It's it's over, and Absolutely. it's mentally exhausting. Absolutely, there's a lot. So stepping away from that is very important if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Which is why, like to this day, if I have little kids ask me about, you know, younger mm -hmm. guys ask mm -hmm. me about, mm -hmm. you know, school and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, do you have what you, you know, what you're gonna do figured out? Right. No. Okay. Well, then take some time off and think about it. Because, you know, you don't want to go to school without knowing what you want to do. You're absolutely right. What do you think of people spending some time in college mm -hmm. finding their, you know, area of study? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Um, in terms of, like, figuring out what they want to in do while they're... In terms of figuring out while they're in the school. While they're in school. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard to, like build a bus and drive it at the same time and that's what you're doing when you're mm. like when you go to college and you don't know what you want to do but you're taking all these classes and you're like i'm gonna figure it out at some point you better be on top of your classes you better be, at least whatever it is that you're learning right there right you better be doing because if if you're trying to figure it out as you go you're gonna have a tough time you're gonna have a tough time yeah and that's hard to do with anything in life it's hard to figure out something as you go like and the problem and, and another thing is also with us is like you know first generation college students are like immigrants children of immigrants is, mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. no role model at home that can tell us about the ins and outs of college that could give us actual meaningful advice about this kind of stuff so i think it might be different for like inshallah when i have children you know what i mean inshallah. like it's going to be a little different because i'll know where they need to how they need to navigate the college mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. um but like i couldn't say that for my parents because they've never been to, right. to college so they right. wouldn't be able to give me meaningful advice it's just like yo <laughs> do your work <laughs> It's easy. Get it done. And, you know, a lot of times it comes from the perspective like, hey, you know, we didn't have cars. We didn't have buses to go to school to take. You have all this free stuff. You got us taking care of you. Just focus on studies. And it's like, it's more than that. It's more know? than and that. And you wish they'd it's understand more than it. But yeah, they'll, they'll never be able to understand. It's, it's an experience. I mean, it's not that they don't want to understand. I think yeah. that is the gap of your life versus their life. Yeah. So the life that they went through, it's, it's somewhat challenging. You know, you mm -hmm. stay, to, you know, you focus on staying on life and focus on like producing for, um, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, like they worry about a, another must to feed, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, and, and for you, on the other hand, it's just you have all these other options that you can pick and choose from. Yeah. And, 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 and they didn't have it there. So, would be like, oh, okay, well, let me tell you when I was your age and things that I have to overcome. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. So, what are, you, what are you complaining about? It's nothing. But in, in your mind or yeah. somebody's your age at the time, in their mind, it's big. It, it's, big. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Big. It's You're huge. Right. It's, and, and, you know, like, there's, there's, a, there's a great thing for them in that. that mm -hmm that they have a mouth to feed they have all these children right. that they have to take care of they got to get everything done and they find a lane and stick to it and do it immediately yeah with us we have a little bit of flexibility with like hey you know i'm coming of age i'm 23 22 21 19 i'm figuring out as i go i have to try different things there's a little bit more room for error because at the end of the day you're staying at home with your parents right it's not like if you make this mistake a lot you know your children are you know what I'm saying? Gonna yeah. die. It's that's yeah. that's the difference of a, uh, of mindset between our parents. But I still think, like I said, it's like it's a difference of lifestyle as well. Whatever is big to you as an a child of an immigrant at 22, it's it can still have the same mental health effect as it would, you yeah. know, for your parents yeah. if they had children as yeah. well. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's, yeah. What, that's what I And in in Columbus State, did you did you take any art classes? Um, I didn't take any art classes. So the, the thing with me was my art, I was doing it separately from school and okay. the rest of my life. Okay. And I was doing that up Why until... Why is that? So 
I, I don't know if you know this, but it's very hard to tell your parents that you're, that you're artistic or like you're trying <laughs> That's what to. I'm okay. okay. You're trying to. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? You're trying to do an that you're art. Trying to yeah. be an artist yeah. or like a writer or something like that, which I think to this day is still something I kind of struggle with. You know what I mean? Um, convincing them of like the utility of me writing a book or a poem or something like that right. um, to the world, because it's like, hey, are you gonna get me out of the hood? Like, are you gonna are you gonna build us a house with what you're doing? Yeah. Are you gonna be good enough? Like, are you, and that's the thing is with parents, they put this pressure on you where yeah. if you're like, you have to be the best at yeah. whatever it is you're doing. If you go to school for like being a nurse, you have to be the best nurse in the country. If you, if you want to be a poet, you gotta be the best poet ever. You, you know what I mean? Every single thing is you gotta be the best of it, and that's fine. That's good expectations to have, and that's a good mindset to build for the person. But it also puts unnecessary amounts of pressure on the person. Uh, uh, the yeah. key word you put it right in the head. It's unnecessary yeah. amount of attention, uh, yeah, you know, pressure, uh, yeah. pressure on you, um, and 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 I, and I think they want what is the best for you. That is the only way that they know yeah. to say, okay, well, you know, you either be like this big shot lawyer, yeah. big shot doctor, big shot accountant, big shot all that, yeah. just so in and you can get yourself and and other people from you know you know to get you in a better place, right? Very true. So uh, um, and and it's a little bit of lack of 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 not allowing the kid to explore too at the same time, uh -huh. right? So and 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 would you believe that if they let you explore a little bit, you know, things will be a little bit different? I, I think so. I definitely think so. I okay. Think, I think um, so. F like for me personally, right. I always speak for myself. Right. Um, so with the poetry itself, like th th it wasn't something that they recognized or that they had like that they were fans of or that they're and even to this day they're not right. like, big fans. Of right. It. Right. Right. But the support is still there to a degree to a minute. Um, kind of level um i would like for example um they didn't recognize that my poetry was was doing as well as it did until i was part of a, a like an art gallery that was happening in like dublin ohio where like some white folks were you know sipping wine and watching what i was doing right and it wasn't just me it was a group of right right right, as well, right, but right right when that happened yeah it's like when they said okay yo this guy's getting recognition for what he's doing yeah maybe he's actually good at it or maybe i i should start you know kind of supporting him yeah and i remember a couple of different times where i've had conversations with my parents that you know led me to writing really good poems mm -hmm. and not to say that i'm using kind of like their story or whatever for my own self-promotion but it's like something we all went through together right um i think like the, the a poem of mine that I wrote, Albert Avenue, that talks about kind of the story of what it's like living in that home, yeah, yeah. going through that experience. And it's something that when I put out and my parents seen it, especially yeah. with um, the promotional piece that yeah. um, that was done on TV, yeah. when they seen that, they were like, oh, okay, so you're actually going somewhere with this. Keep doing your thing. You're doing good. But don't forget to finish school. Don't forget to get your degree. Don't forget, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's like yeah. they have their expectations yeah. and they'll yeah. give you your leeway to do what you yeah. got to do. Yeah. But it's like it's got to always lead back yeah. to what they expect to that was cool do you want to do it or <laughs> I'll, yeah I'll definitely yeah. Um, so uh, how about I do it at the end okay that's fine just, that's yeah. fine too that's fine too right. because the reason I'm saying it, it's going to put you that creative mindset so mm. I feel like you you your you, you creative mindset it's 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 a uh, has it like it, it, its own spark right yeah, it, um and 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 listening to some of your poets it's it, i feel like uh, um it wasn't freestyling but something that you had to kind of sort of memorize a little bit and, yeah, or work at it a little definitely, bit yeah. um do you do it in a freestyle like where you just kind of sort of in a, a, a rhyme and 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 and, and the poet no freestyle i'm going to put you on the yeah. spot but like what i'm i'm what, glad what you're I'm not going to put me no, on no, the no, spot no no what i'm trying to get at it, it's like <laughs> It, does it come to you easy 
or comparing to like, oh, okay, yeah. the, once I do the work, it will come to easy. That's what I'm trying to get. Yeah, so it's definitely something that comes to be easy. Okay. Um, freestyling, I wouldn't say that I'm good at it because okay. that's just the different. I really like people who can freestyle. I appreciate them to a different level. Yeah. Because it's like being able to use the environment around you and something like that to kind of right, make something right, meaningful. Right, right, right. Um, so freestyling is its own thing that I'm, I haven't perfected and or like mm-hmm. gotten into. Like it, it isn't easy for me. Um, I can attempt it, but it's not something that's like, you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. But um, definitely writing comes easy for me. Okay. Um, and I think it, it's it's a perception versus, um, you know, mood and how I'm feeling kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I usually write based off how I'm feeling in that current moment versus what I'm perceiving and what I'm seeing around me and, and in the world around me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I've noticed kind of sets me apart from other, like, poets of, of like you know kind of with a similar background as me mm-hmm. is that um, I'm a little bit more um, on the I err more on the side of storytelling um, and telling a story as opposed to just kind of naming certain things that we all mm-hmm. share and mm-hmm. I, I've noticed a lot of people and this is not a shot at anyone specifically but I've noticed a lot of like um, people who do poetry uh, from you know the diaspora where they're just mentioning different relics of of their time and their experience back home and certain things like you know talking about bananas and mangoes and berries and like Mm -hmm. mom and dad but not really telling a meaningful story through that and so like with albert avenue when i'm writing it i'm Mm. thinking i want someone to walk with me through capitol park through you know what's going on in capitol park in Mm -hmm. that moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like when i say mama raised einstein on albert avenue beauty in the struggle lifetimes to have a new flight to america the lufthansa introduced settled in a new home small space two rooms i'm thinking this person has to see all of these things. They yeah. got to see the road. They got to see, you know, coming to America. They got to see us living inside this small compartment, two-bedroom household with eight people and, like, sharing, you know what I'm saying? Right. All, all these common Absolutely. spaces. And, and it's it's a very intimate feeling. It's a true feeling. And it's not just my feeling. It's a feeling of other people who live in that neighborhood as well, which is part of the reason why people can connect with it. That was a very long-winded it's answer. A, no, no. It's <laughs> intimate. That's the Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, because you're sharing something that is really personal that, that to, to, to a certain degree and yeah. people can relate to it mm-hmm. because oftentimes that you know when you immigrant people that when we relocate here we I mean we, somewhat we start from the bottom up right yeah exactly. so and we're pretty much faced on with the same uh, uh, situation so what differentiates us like mm-hmm. how do we you know how do we rise from there exactly. Um, exactly. And, 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 and and some people you know kind of will, will be stuck on there and some people will be stuck there so for, for a certain time right. you know what was the uh, uh the old saying like you know you can't take the mentality out of you know the place yeah, I don't yeah, wanna, yeah 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 do you get what i mean yeah so, i know what you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah the old, yeah, the old yeah. Adage, yeah so if you come with that you mentality take, yeah. and you don't want to look for better things you know you're always going to stuck it there but mm-hmm. if you come with the, with the mentality to look for better things yeah. no matter what situation you are you will try to find a better ways you know you might not get as far as you think or somebody that will be in for long but at least you know your temptation should get you somewhere uh, a decent. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. So yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it, I, I think that's that's something very important. Um, building a building a mentality where you want to grow a, yeah. a growth mentality. Yeah. I think that's something that um, I was having a conversation actually last night with one of my friends mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, the different types of mentalities that people can have in regards to their exper- uh, experiential um, and environmental mm-hmm. kind of factors. And the thing is, obviously, taking you know macro sociology 
you know, a microsociological look at, at you know, the general things that affect us as people um, with us being settled in communities with low income, low schools, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, very bad schools, just an environment that's built to kind of hold us back yep. versus a person's interpersonal micro, you know, microsociological thing where they don't have like kind of a defeatist mentality or that kind of thing. And I think it's, I think that's one thing that I've noticed with, with our community, mm -hmm. um, the Somali community and different other communities, um, where we have these kinds of different mindsets regarding where we're from and where we're raised. Mm -hmm. And I think like, you know, individualism isn't a thing that I personally like, you know, champion or support, but I think it has its positive effects on people's lives in terms of the way that they gain and the way that they, you know, uh, climb up the social ladder yep. um, and a person who thinks from an individualistic point of view in terms of I have to improve myself and improve myself for the people around me um, has you know in, in, in our society it's really sad but they have a higher chance of su succeeding and that's something that I found with a lot of Somali people is that for each family is kind of thinking in their own way how do we get up out of this environment that we're in and I think it's something to like kind of be proud of in a way yep. um, although like as long as it's not kicking people while you're, you know, kicking other people down mm -hmm. while you're coming up, as long as as long as you're trying to bring the community with you as well, that's that's a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think yeah. it's a mentality thing. Yeah. It's a mentality thing. It is a mentality yeah. thing. So, um, from Columbus State, from where then? Mm -hmm. Where did you go from there? So after after my Columbus State days, I kind of you know put school to the side and I said, hey, you know what? I gotta figure out something else. So I embarked on a journey to go um, study, um, you know, overseas. Okay. Um, because you I go? heard so I heard whispers about people getting um, IT certifications in India. Yeah. So I said, you know what? That sounds like a cool deal. Um, I want to step away from school for a little bit, but while I'm away, at least let me go and 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 try to do something where I invest into something else. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of my future. And so I put some money together and got support from my family. Booked it, went to India from, you know, January 2018 to like August 2018. So about eight months I spent in India. Okay. And that time that I was there was a very miserable time because of the environment and the adjustments that I had to make. And like n being from America, paying rent, you know, like, you know, just the dusty heat. And what all this part stuff. of India did you go? So I went to Hyderabad. Okay. So South India. Okay. It's really, it's really hot. Okay. Um, and I remember I spent my... Tropical? Tropical hot? Tropical at like certain parts of the year. Okay. But the part, the time that I was there was really just summer. It was just hot. Hot, hot. And it was like 104 degrees at days. I think towards the end when I was leaving, it started to start raining and stuff like that. Okay. Like monsoon season came in. Okay. And I think they only have two seasons, so it's really hot and it rains sometimes. Like okay. That's the only... Okay. That's the only... Okay. Two seasons that they have. So you, what what type of IT degree did you want to go get? So I, w I went and got several. Um, several? So I, yeah, okay. several different okay. ones. Um, and it was... I had eight months, no distractions. Literally, I was in a vacuum of just study, go to sleep, study, go to sleep, study, go to sleep. Alhamdulillah, I was able to, um, you know, triumph over a couple mm -hmm. different uh, certifications. But the two most important ones that I ended up, you know, using when I came to America okay. were my Linux um, um, uh, system administrator and, um, you know, network administrator for okay. CCNA okay. and from Cisco. And so Alhamdulillah, as soon as I came back, I landed a job kind of, you know, interning and like helping out with mm -hmm. a startup company um, that was like doing, you know, uh, technical solutions for different companies around the area gotcha. um, for about two, three months. And then Alhamdulillah, I was able to, so beginning of 2019, 
I'm sorry, late 2018 towards, you know, beginning of 2019, towards the middle of the year, I was able to work with Chase, uh, Mm -hmm. Chase Bank at the corporate branch. And I did that for a while. And then I transferred over from IT to sales, um, where um, I worked for another company selling like um, business phone systems, PBXs, things like that. Okay. And I did that for a while. And then I kind of just stepped away from that for a little bit. And now just kind of like looking to get back into the, the network administrating and like networking kind of field. So in India, mm-hmm. so did you, was it like boarding school or I mean, or it was just like you have your own place to live yeah. and you just go to study? So, there's, so I had my own places to live and there's def- different uh, schools. It's like a tech hub. If you've ever been, there's it's literally a bunch of schools like in buildings <laughs> where people go and you pay a, an instructor and they teach you everything they know. And that's kind of what I did. So I went to I went to this area with a bunch of different schools, um, paid a guy to teach me different things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after Boom. that period, I know what I know. And then I would go take a test, get certified, bam, I'm done. And it was like that. So 40-day classes, quick, rapid stuff. And... It was it was much cheaper than the alternatives here in America, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know that's kind of how that worked. It wasn't like a one school that I was going to; it's a bunch of different schools. Gotcha. And so, finding a place to stay, the two most important things are finding a place to stay and having the money to buy your classes. What what, what is what is the life like over there? <laughs> I told you it's frustrating. It's, it, it was it was it was a, it was a crazy time. Um, so, I I lived. In ve- I lived in poverty. Okay. But I, I did that on purpose. Okay. So one to humble myself, but also two to kind of like adjust to the environment around me as a local. Mm. So there were people that were able to like find Ubers everywhere and just drive around, eat at expensive restaurants. Those guys were like there with me as well. But I wasn't on that. I was trying to live like a local. So I remember I was living on two dollars a day. And I know you got a $2 sheet of paper. Two dollars a day. I know you got a sheet of paper, so write this down. Write two dollars a day. Write this down. All right. So um so I'm living on two dollars a day. Okay. All right. And two dollars that's about seventy rupees. So that's hundred and forty rupees. So two dollars equals hundred and forty rupees, right? So write that down. Hundred and forty rupees, right? And this I wanna give you my day yeah, yeah. living on two dollars a day in India. Hundred and forty rupees. Right. So um I wake up in the morning. And I take a bus to my first class. Okay. That's 10 rupees less, so minus 10. Okay. So now you have 130, right? So 130 and then minus 15 because I take another bus from that class to the other class. 115. So now I'm at 115, right? Um, take that 15 and I buy a water bottle, two liter water bottle. And, and I can many? refill it throughout the day. That's 15 rupees Okay, right that's there. 15 rupees. So that's another okay. 15 rupees right there, so right? So you have 100. So I have 100 rupees. Right. Now those 100 rupees, I'm left with... At around 3 p.m., I'm having lunch. So I eat once a day. Okay. I spend 60 rupees on lunch. So that leaves me with what? 40. 40 rupees. Now, those 40 rupees, um, either I could... So for 20 rupees, I could buy like a juice drink or something like that. Okay. Just just a luxury. That was a luxury. That wasn't even like a part of the plan. It wasn't the part plan. of the day so, if, if it, so say maybe 40 rupees I spend on a luxury... Uh, I mean, uh, 20 rupees I spend on a luxury okay. drink. I have a remaining what? 20 rupees yeah that 20 rupees is the next bus ticket from my the from that to school house. to the house and so zero so now i'm at zero so that's two dollars the whole entire day wow so i'm living on two dollars a day yeah. and sixty dollars a month sixty dollars a month that's that's my whole entire wow. 
that's a local right there and so that's what i'm living on and then i'm saving money for like my classes my exams right. um other things and then towards so that's the beginning of my stay up until like <laughs> my last month my last month all the money that i had saved yeah. i was living luxuriously i was going to malls i was getting massages <laughs> i was you know what i mean i was having fun i was on vacation mode. that right, was my last right, month right, right. but everything else before that i'm yeah. living on two dollars a day wow, wow yeah so you were there for eight months eight months yes eight months approximately wow. yeah so eight months, sixty dollars. I don't know the math. How's it? Sixty yeah. times eight. Did you get to do any sightseeing? Yeah. Like, do you get to go travel? Like, in, no, uh, in, I like, didn't. Right next time, Sadly, or... I didn't. A lot of guys went to like the Taj Mahal, right. different places. Right. I didn't even, I didn't even yeah. try to go. I no, like, just, no, just, just experiencing focused. the local life. That's yeah. uh, that itself should open your eyes. So, uh, as far as the travel goes, what do you think of it? Like, you know, in, did that open your eye? Because from the dub to Columbus mm. to India, to India, yeah, did that open your eyes in, in a way that you feel like definitely, you know, you, definitely. So there was a lot of things that I didn't appreciate, obviously, being here. Right. I had my parents pay rent. I think one of the things that I didn't appreciate was worrying about rent at the end of the month. Mm. Um, that was something that <laughs> like, I didn't understand or conceptualize, right. um, especially when I found a place and I had to pay like every month's rent at the end. Just seeing like a bunch of money go from mm -hmm. my pocket to mm -hmm. another man's pocket is like, Sheesh, you know what I mean? And so that was something that I, like, that I had to grow accustomed to. After that, it was like, you know, just adjusting to life in another right. country i know now for a fact if i go anywhere else i could probably adjust just like that because gotcha. i mean i was able to live on two I, I can say that you know what i mean I, that's like uh, <laughs> not, yeah. not, not too many people not can say that i used to, to live on two dollars two dollars a day yeah. that's yeah. interesting um so i mean like you know from and 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 from your journey from where you lived to, to going to college to that so now you, i feel like you you see the light in in doing bigger and better things right definitely, definitely. okay that, that's that's kind of where i want to go inshallah and, and um did you see other people that get left behind uh other kids your age that don't see the same way you see in life definitely um, do you definitely. see that and do you and, and what do you think that is so i could never like speak for other people's right, right, personal right, right, like right. experiences right but i think like it always, it always boils down to us, uh, a few different things. Okay. I think parenting is very important. I think, um, and I think there's a lot of like things that in Somali culture that we think are like signs of good parenting, mm -hmm. but are really just toxic to children. Right. Um, and like especially what? at a developmental age, I think like the whole Dakan Alice thing is a very toxic thing. I think if if it's not done right, I think there's a, there's a right way to do What's it. What's Dakan Alice mean to you? Dakan Alice, I'm thinking like you know, like a late intervention. I think that's usually what it becomes like I think so parents see that this kid is probably not you know about to take the right path in life and take him to Somalia or Kenya or whatever um, sometimes you know in an extreme case throwing him to like a boarding school and like you know try to get him right or whatever but I don't think I think once a person like once a child gets to like the age of like 12 13 14 I think that's the part where you build a communication and trust with the child mm -hmm. and I think that's something alhamdulillah my parents did with me Mashallah. is that they built a trust in, in a relationship with me where I could tell them what was going on um, and I think that's part of like why I said like going to homeschool it was like i saw my mom every single day i had mm -hmm. that that had to be my friend and and now me and my mom are very close same with my dad we're very close we're friends and i think that's something that's very important especially for like young children um and i think also something that's very important is that you have to be able to appreciate what you have i think a lot of times like kids don't really appreciate what they have because they haven't seen anything different um, but then there's also several other like environmental factors, um, like 
it depends what you mean to fall off the path. I think, mm-hmm. like, if, if you're thinking about it, like, religiously, there's a lot of, like, you know, spiritual abuse that can happen to a child where, you know, they, f- they feel as if the, the dean is, like, a lie because all they've been told and everything is just now, like, you know, information that's been used to kind of, like, abuse them in a way. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that, like, we can unpack in terms of the way that we as Somalis like raise children and parent children. We can certainly do yeah. that. And and you touched on very interesting uh, the Dagan Alice uh, um, people see it in a different way mm-hmm. now. It became the norm where other, you know you know and, and, and kids that are facing challenges in mm-hmm. a way that um, you know their parents may think that this person is going you know the right way or the wrong way mm-hmm. or whichever that they think. Um, and, 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 and I agree with you mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and um, it's interesting because it, it's a, there's so many ways we can unpack this yeah, yeah. so many ways we can so unpack many this so many, so, yeah. many, so many different ways to, to put it but at the end of the day it comes down to it comes down to individual household Mm-hmm. So, so what works for your home may not work for, <laughs> for another, another home. Exactly. You get what I mean? It's very true. And it's a really challenging to say that, hey, you know, this this doesn't work for me, so therefore it shouldn't work for you. But at the same time, it's like you know, the the, the parents really need to think about, um, especially our people, they really need to reconsider that you know, like an artist, it might be um, different than what their kids see. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's very true. So um, they might think, okay, well, you know, we take him back home. Um, there are some extreme cases where somebody is just, you know, it's all about different lifestyle yeah, and, and, exactly. and, and about all that stuff. Exactly. You know, it might be beneficial just to have like a, a, a you know, black and white type of change, mm-hmm. you know, like complete different. Yeah. But somebody that who's, uh, you know, uh, um, doing a few things in there and there, you know, it, in, in their eyes, it might, it, might, it might do more damage. I think... The way I look at it is, I think prevention is better than intervention. Like right. I think prevention of like those toxic things happening in a child's life, and and like I think those the, those measures that can be taken are way better than looking at a kid at the age of like nineteen, twenty, and being like, hey, you gotta go to you know you gotta go to Somalia and sit there for a couple of years. And yeah, think about what you're doing. That's not that's like you you know what I mean. It's the same thing with like just in general with criminal justice even mm-hmm. like when we look at like the way prisons work and the way like you know yeah. that we can have societal measures in which we can use to prevent people right. from robbing stealing and killing but we don't take those measures we just right. take the person once they do it criminalize them yeah. lock them in jail yeah. for a couple of years and yeah. then they come out and they do the same thing go right and they do in. the same yeah, thing yeah. so right. it's it's really the same thing and i think like as, as i think parenting like mm. i said is so important and i think um somalis a lot of times we fail. Being proactive, yeah, yeah. it's better than being reactive exactly. to the situation, 100%, 100%. right? So if, if you stand before it, yeah. you might be able to prevent get it rather it. than, yeah, exactly, get ahead of it, get yeah, ahead of 100%. it. Uh, um, so the has its own beneficial and its own, you know, not so beneficial. So, uh, um, but, but I think it all depends. And, on and when I say like yeah. done right, yeah. the way I see it is, yeah. <clears throat> I came to America when I was nine years old. Right. Me spending from the age of you know, birth until nine in Africa, growing up in that environment did far more for me than if I were to be sent back like at a later time. You know what I mean? So I think those formative years are more important for the Qanadis than the later years where the person's already kind of 
had a self-identity or they're they're going through adolescence where they're going through that kind of psychology where they think they're the only person in the world right self-importance teenage angst all these things are happening i like if if you do it at a younger age where you take your kid when they're you know you know six seven five four three like any of those ages and you and they go back home and they stay there for a year two three maybe you know then they can be able to appreciate their culture and then come back and be like a little bit better I yeah, think, I think yeah. that's. I think that no, works. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you, and 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 you know, also introducing kids to travel a bit early age or taking them to different exactly. places exactly. that also can can have a lot of impact exactly. of it. Uh, um, do you still live in a capital? Uh, Definitely. Or? Okay. Definitely still live How there, did it yeah. change from where you were to what it is now? Did it change much? When I first got like, yeah, when, when you first got there, definitely, it definitely changed. Okay, um, so it was much more dangerous. It had like a whole reputation behind it. Yeah, it was seen as this, and I, and I think that that part of, that partially came from just like public perception of a neighborhood full of Somalis. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, and and, and it was true. There was a lot of things that were happening, but now mm-hmm. I think it's much better. I think the neighborhood is much safer. Um, and I think it's a really good environment to like be in. Yeah, if it, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. but I think also like. The, the thing is that that neighborhood itself isn't a problem mm-hmm. it's that it's you know the areas around it are kind of yeah. areas that have our low income and not to say that that's a problem but like the the problem affecting the area is, a, is more of a problem yeah. so yeah. lower income schools you yeah. know um, lower income areas housing uh, schools get less funding things like that more yeah. police presence yeah. I mean like I'll get pulled over a bunch of times here and there just because I'm in the neighborhood and not because of any other reason and that's yeah that has its own challenges that has it yeah. its own challenges yeah. <laughs> we call it america challenge <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we're talking right now we're talking about the, the somali yeah, we're talking thing. about the somali community but over there, yeah, the, yeah all that own, has, a, has a, that's a, its own thing yeah. that has its own thing yeah. so. and i think maybe we could talk about it in another episode if you yeah you know if you have me back we could probably discuss yeah. more on like you know kind of just the black lives matter protesting schools yeah. police yeah. all these kinds of yeah. things i think yeah be a good yeah. thing to break down yeah. yeah we'll definitely do that let's do and after the George Floyd things is that done, case yeah, sells, on that case settles, and let's about, uh, yeah. let's do that a little bit because mean. because a lot a lot of that will be based on like how that thing gets settled. Definitely, right? no, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a huge case, and yeah. I think it's gonna be a lot of reaction. Either way it goes, I think if it if it goes towards the route of like um, Derek Chauvin's guilty, I think yeah. it's I think a lot of people will think that it's just some symbolic gesture to symbolize, oh, you know, we're doing changes, no yeah. effective change in policing and the way that it's done yeah. versus if he's found not guilty which is yeah. probably going to be another stream of riots and all of that stuff yeah. again, probably uh, I mean I can't that. imagine I can't imagine not being found guilty yeah it's I, just, uh, I can't either it's just uh, uh, it's a whole different aspect of, of, of thinking differently than what it is now yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so what do you want to what do you want to take po- your poet uh, what like, do I want to take yeah, my poetry? Like how um, you see yourself in, in the coming years? I mean... You talked about like writing books and stuff like that. And definitely that, you know, growth. Yeah. Definitely yeah. growth. I wrote a book. Okay. Um, I, I released a book September uh, 2019. So okay. It's been, it's what is it called? Full year and some change. Uh, it's called Temporary Homes. Temporary Homes. Um, my poem Albert Avenue is on there. A couple other poems are on there. It's a 15-poem chat book of, you know, kind of just my debut um uh, what's it called compilation work okay and there's definitely going to be another book coming soon inshallah okay. I'm, i can't like tease it too much right okay. now but okay. uh, i've definitely been in the works of like writing um at different angles and it's it's going to be something to to really read as something worth, okay. worthwhile um where can people find this uh, uh so temporary homes you can find it on amazon okay um if you want to put like subtitles on it um, okay we'll definitely do that and yeah. i'll send you the link to it so you okay. can put it in the description okay. but okay. um you can find it on uh Amazon, 
Temporary Homes by Mohamed Warsame. Okay. Um, it's it's my first book. Support it. Show it okay. love. You know. Um, and Absolutely. I wrote that book actually. So part of it came out during. So I got the idea when I was in India. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I was able to just being mm. in that vacuum, being able to cook up. Um, I was able to write that. Um, a, 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 you know, a big part of it, and then by like you know the end of the year 2019, I was able to finish it, complete it, and, and put it out into a body of work. So. That's very cool. It's, uh, That's very cool. It's it was a long process coming. Alhamdulillah. Did you get any feedback in the sense of like the sales and and, and uh, is it is it doing alright? Yeah, it did. Okay. It did amazing. It did okay. amazing. Um, prior to the pandemic, so the, okay. so the concept was that I, that I went with was, I released it end of late 2019. Uh, the plan was to promote it all of 2020. Yeah. But with the pandemic, you things really kind of went much. wrong. I couldn't travel as much as I wanted to, right. which is no problem. It's all part of God's plan at the end of the day. Absolutely. But um, that kind of put a, uh, you know, a big halt into into mm-hmm. the plans. But it did amazing just by itself with like for those three months that I was able to um, be able to promote it and travel across the country and, and like, you know, uh, perform and, 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 you know, hand it out and pass it out and, and sell it. It was really, it was really good. It did really well. Cool. Did yeah. you try it? But in, have you thought about putting a lot of videos of of of, of, of the books? Yeah. Just so video poet, production. Yeah. Just pure poet. Video production is definitely something that I've gotten into. So yeah. from predominantly, most of my videos are on IG, Instagram. Okay. Um and. You know, same title as my Twitter, Muhammad underscore Chowder, and that's where I put most of my stuff. Okay. Um, in terms of um, more videography, that's definitely mm-hmm. something I'm cooking up. But the thing is, with videographies, it takes a long time to actually get right. everything together. So, but there's there's definitely more videos coming. There's definitely more poems, more yeah. you know. More I mean, it doesn't have drama. to be all glamour and stuff. You can just like do the poet itself. Yeah. Because yeah, that yeah. piece when you were in your car, mm-hmm. like that resonated with me. I mean, like I thought that was impressive. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think so for I mean, me. It was Authentic too, because yeah. like you know, like if you put two glamours in it, exactly. and you, no, you, you make true. a big production about it, and that that's going to be costly. That's very true. Right. It, it, it is going to be very costly. But I think, so the way I look at it is, I want to put the best product out. Yeah. And I think putting good production behind it is is, is very yeah. important. And the thing is, like the poems that I put out for uh, videos for mm-hmm. is usually the ones that I feel the best about putting out anyway. Okay. Um, and I think that's that, that's the thing is like. There's this kind of thing where it happens with people like, oh, you gotta be consistent. You gotta post a certain amount every week, every day, no, whatever. No, no, but I think consistency that. is just it's based on that. however I want to put. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And the other thing I was gonna say or add to it is like quantity over quality. Don't think about the quality right now. 100%. Think about the quantity. The, quantity, the other way around. Yeah. Quality, not quantity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm saying quantity than quality. Yeah, Don't yeah. Think about quantity. Don't think about the quality right now. Okay. Because think about the quality when you establish enough. Enough, mm, enough certain okay. places like yeah because if you it, it's it's somewhat you know like you, you trap in your mind because mm-hmm. if you think about the quality mm-hmm. it's going to take you longer to get it by the time you get to it yeah. then another one is going to take you the same amount if not longer but see the thing is so I might have to disagree there because the way I look at it is uh-huh. I think it's going to have quality regardless I think it's going to be good regardless right. but I think also part of part of being like a good poet is mm-hmm. it's just a little secret but like okay. part of being a good okay. poet is there has to be some kind of mystique around what you post like mm. the amount of poems that you put out so if I put out too much it's like this guy's giving us everything you know uh, what I mean what, what's he giving but I, if you know if, if I release at a specific amount of times I think there's right. a little bit more appreciation and also just <laughs> I like really <laughs> like putting it out <laughs> in, the, in that way too as well but yeah, yeah I, I definitely see where you're coming from yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm glad you share that. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's a very interesting about what you're doing, man. And yeah, thank you so really much for taking the that. time. I appreciate really, you for having uh, me. I really, I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah. And, uh, um, 
if you want to say something and uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a performance I'll give you uh, just a closing piece and then I think that'll be our I think that'll, that'll be, be our it, yeah, yeah so this piece is called Growing Pains okay. so the Albert Avenue piece is one piece that I've done a lot but this okay. one's also um, one of my favorite pieces it talks about kind of some of the stuff we discussed <laughs> some have questioned my drive when I say that greatness has arrived see some strive to thrive but most try to survive I ain't happy with my 9 to 5 I ain't content living check to check and though I ain't a victim to no slave ships, my mama flew here, transatlantic planes with wings that stretch farther than plantations. She planned patient, plans for her seed to fly from sea to sea. See, she had a vision for us. Ten years max on welfare till we make it to college and study health care so we can move the family from the projects we were placed in, from green cars to clean cars and grocery shopping at Whole Foods instead of having to withhold food. She knew that every moment I spent in school would lead me to being able to measure the rules this dog-eat-dog world is crude Cause like fools they preach rules They don't even follow through My nine years of life was met with shock By the rudimentary rules of elementary schools The hallways were like a jungle We weren't meant to survive And the black kids thought we Africans were beasts Who swung on vines And the little white girls wanted to touch our curls So we were stuck before hostile mirrors And strangers that were hospitable No forecast of criminal want no forecast of criminal minds could walk through our lines because we were all raised by similar minds. And by middle school, I had to walk the middle path trying to balance identities that clashed within my chemistry. Every day, a fight between the outer me and inner me. Hip-hop had a place in my mind while Duxie was erasing my mind of five days worth of glorified crimes. Ignored divine signs trying to balance the words of God in my mind with verses from Tech 9. High school became a different beast. I see my brothers turn to the streets, some serving the way away from their faces. A lack of patience turn to self-medication trying to escape from the demons and perishing beings it seems mama's dreams flew with the wind we were gone with the wind we were the generation who had to go back and change our nation but we had to prove to white folks we wasn't violent we had to show mom and dad that we were trying when on the inside some of us were dying suppress passions and sacrifices for the greater good just to move my family out the hood we'll leave it at that <laughs> there we go thank you so Alrighty. much i appreciate your time appreciate you no thank, thank you, you.